Well, as we look at um, anxiety, depression and stress, uh, for just a few moments today, it's important to note that I am not an expert in this field. Maybe in causing it? No, hopefully not in that either. Um, But uh, I'm going to be approaching it from a biblical narrative perspective for about 25 minutes or so. And even in 25 minutes, it's not going to be exhaustive either. But it's merely going to be an introduction. If you want to know more about uh, anything that's raised today as a result of what we talk about and what we look at, then in addition to Beyond Blue... Uh, and Lifeline, and also Kids Helpline. Um, I'm happy to have you chat to me or even uh, jot something down on one of the response cards and say, David, would you please um, pass on some more information? If you want to be in touch with a counsellor, then I'm more than happy to help you to find someone. If you have knowledge of great resources as well, then I'd really appreciate hearing that because as we share together resources and information about great things that can be helpful for people that are experiencing anxiety, depression and stress, then we can work together and uh, provide really good outcomes. So as we launch into this, let me take a moment just to pause so that we can pray. Jesus, I thank you for the privilege that it is to stand before your people today. Um, But more importantly, to stand and just... uh, bring some thoughts based around your word. And Holy Spirit, as I speak, may it be you speaking through me, anointing the preparation this time. Holy Spirit, would you speak to our own individual spirits deep to deep. May you do a transformative, a, a wonderful work in our lives today. Not just for our sake, but for the glory of your name. Now, one of the interesting things when we think about anxiety, depression and stress is the fact that um, the Bible doesn't gloss over um, the topics of anxiety, the topic of depression or stress at all. All you need to do is to take some time in reading through the Psalms and you'll see a range of emotions expressed there. Lamentations is a record of one man's struggle with grief and loss. Jesus is recorded as experiencing such a high degree of stress that his sweat was like drops of blood, a medical condition known as hematohydrosis. So it's important to state up front that experiencing anxiety, depression and stress is not a sin. It might come as a result of doing something wrong, or as a result of being engaged in some significant forms of spiritual warfare. However, in the right situation, it's actually good for you to feel some stress. Eustress refers to short periods or bursts of beneficial stress that help us in achieving something. Like an athlete or an emergency services worker um, who is experiencing a release of adrenaline which uh, fires them into action on the given um, situation. And then after that stressful period, they relax back into a normal or restful state. You might have heard the terms fight, flight or freeze. They're all responses to stresses. But under a constant or a heightened state of stress, our bodies don't return to a a rest or a relaxation point. Our bodies can adjust as a result to this normalised, constant state of excitement or stress. And 
And that can come sometimes as a result of doing something like burning the candle at both ends. You might have heard that term before. Or as a counsellor put it, living in the margins. You know that, that little bit of space that you have at the end of the day or where you would normally be relaxing, but rather than relaxing, you're still going hard at it. That the moment you, your head hits the pillow, it's, it's only because you're, it's out of sheer exhaustion, those sorts of things. Even doing enjoyable things doesn't mean that they're not stressful things. And that can be quite dangerous as well. Because we enjoy it, we don't actually recognise that we're feeling stressed. And because of those feelings of stress, it can end up um, uh, compounding to a point where we get normalised or we get used to feeling that stressed. And that is not helpful or healthy. When you anticipate or come into contact with a stressor, your brain quickly prepares your body to deal with it. Your body uh, releases a range of um, hormones and including adrenaline and cortisol that increase your breathing, your heart rate, your blood pressure and parts of your body that need the blood um, are directed to have the blood and it moves away from other parts of your body that don't. And so in that state of flight, fright or freeze, your blood often will move away from your fingers. And so if you're feeling stressed, not so um, evident in winter because your fingers are generally cold anyway, but in, in warmer uh, months, if you're feeling stressed, one way to test that is to place your fingers on your lips. And if your fingers feel cold, then that could be an indication that you're experiencing stress because your blood is pulling away from your fingers to go towards your heart, to your body, to your, your vital organs, those sorts of things. Your immune system also is placed on hold and you're less uh, sensitive, as it were, to pain. Once stressed, your body stays in a point of readiness uh, just in case there's another stressor that comes along, just in case that thing that has caused you stress isn't yet gone. As a general rule... Feelings of anxiety, feelings of anxiousness, feelings of stress or depression, if they hang around for more than two weeks, then it's important that you seek out a health professional. Anxiety, depression and stress is not a sign of weakness. People on top of their game can experience it with devastating effect. If you have your Bibles with you, I'd invite you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 19. Earlier, Leah read from um, such a mountaintop experience from 1 Kings 18. And we're going to look at the next chapter, 1 Kings 19. Elijah, as it were, was on top of his game. It was just like he'd won Olympic gold and, and got a world record to boot. Then he backs it up soon after with winning another world championship, as it were. He was a revolutionary leader, a miraculous leader, who saw fire come down from heaven. And then shortly after that, after a period of a couple of years of drought, he prayed for rain and God sent rain. And we pick up the story of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19, where Elijah is experiencing stress, anxiety, and depression. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 to 4. When Ahab, 
got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah, may God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Elijah experienced fear and that stress starts Elijah fleeing for his life. However, then anxiety kicks in and it stays in as he travels around 160 kilometers from Jezreel to Beersheba. It's a 32-hour walk. Then Elijah walks for another day into the wilderness and we'll also see evidence of him experiencing depression where he screams out to God, cries out to God, I've had enough, I just want to die. So how does God respond and what can we learn from the interactions between God and Elijah in responding to anxiety, depression and stress? Well, the first thing is to get good rest. This is not about escapism, about hiding under the bed covers or or lying on the lounge and pulling the blankets up over you and saying, I just want the world to leave me alone. If you've been losing sleep or your sleep patterns are all over the place, it's important to reset your body clock and get your, your body, yourself back into a good routine of sleep. This first step for Elijah is experienced in verses 5 and 6. However, the second is equally important. Good rest along with good food, not comfort food. There is a big difference between comfort food and good food. This isn't about trying to combat the feelings of uh, of feeling down by having that sugar rush or that caffeine hit or hitting the bottle of um, alcohol. In verse 5 we read, Then Elijah, then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around and there beside his head was some uh, bread baked on hot stones and a jar of... So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength. What we put into our bodies can have a significant effect on our body's chemistry. When we have poor nutrition, when we experience poor sleep, it makes it so much harder for us to move things back towards better balance. Medical intervention, if we're having medical intervention, uh, medical assistance to help us with anxiety, depression and stress, and if we're not eating well, if we're not sleeping well, then we are expecting more of the medication than it ought to be doing. God knows that when we're experiencing anxiety, depression and stress, we need good sleep 
and good, nutritious food to help respond. We also need to set up a healthy habit of exercise, whether it's walking regularly like Elijah did in verse 8 or going to the gym, but don't replace one addictive behaviour with another one. Don't replace your addiction to sugar or caffeine or whatever else to addiction to exercise by overdoing it. Good, sustainable, regular exercise is important. Getting outside into the air, even when it's cool, but getting out into the air, um, into the sunshine, is, as in, is important in helping to move things back into better balance. A healthy body, through good sleep, eating and exercise, is a great starting point. But it shouldn't stop there either. You don't have to go it alone. It's important to talk to someone about it, to have a conversation with someone about what you're thinking and feeling. What's going on in your head? What's going on in your heart? Sometimes this can be a parent, a spouse, a teacher, a friend, a healthcare professional. God encourages this for Elijah as well in verses 9 and 10. There Elijah came to a cave where he spent the night. For the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, tore down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me Talking with someone is not just about dumping on them, but to talk about things to help you in the processing of thoughts and of emotions. It's important not to treat family and friends as your therapist. That's not their role. If you do, you can end up burning out those relationships and those uh, with family and friends. If the focus of the conversation every time you're talking with them, with these people over a period of time, has been on you and what's going on for you, then I want to encourage you to change that focus and return the relationship to be a relationship that is about friendship, that is about being a part of the family. These relationships are important because they can help to change your focus, to help you to change your focus onto other things helping you to look out, not just in. Often underrated or forgotten in dealing with anxiety, depression and stress is engaging in spiritual practices. According to the Australian Psychological Society, spiritual practices were only engaged by 40% of the respondents, compared to 93% who spent time with family and friends as a form of dealing with what was going on for them. Yet spending time in spiritual practices was just as effective as spending time with family and friends in managing stress. For Elijah, this was talking with, not just at God, but with Yahweh God. Prayer. A conversation with God is is important in the rhythm of life, to help move your life back towards balance. One of the greatest benefits of prayer is to recognise that moving back towards balance isn't just up to you. Yes, your choices matter, but it's not just about your choices and about you going it alone, whether you're good enough to be able to make the changes. In prayer, 
we recognize that we come before Creator God, the Creator of the universe, and we converse with Yahweh God. And remember that we are not God, Yahweh, and that it all doesn't rely on us. We invite God to speak into our lives directly, and also we invite God to speak to our lives through others as well, including medical support people. Often we feel overwhelmed. We can doubt God and run from God during times of anxiety, depression and stress. But Elijah reminds us of the importance of running to God, to seek to experience more of the grandeur of who God is, and also recognize the gentleness of his whisper. Verse 11, we read, Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound when Elijah heard it. He wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And the voice said, what are you doing? He replied again, I have zealously served the Lord Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Good sleep, good food, good nutrition, good relationships, prayer and spiritual practices, running to God, not running from God. It's also important to have a shift in perspective. So often when we face these times of anxiety, depression and stress, we can focus so heavily on ourselves that we want to control everything, especially when we're feeling stressed. We zealously try to change the world back into the way that we feel comfortable, the way we like it, the way we think, just like Elijah was. The atheist writer, Alan de Baton, suggests that the opposite is more in order. Meditating on how small we are, in contrast to the vastness of the universe, may provide an effective strategy in managing stress, in managing the stress of trying to control areas of life. Because trying to control things that are outside of your control is guaranteed to be both stressful and... The first verse of the serenity prayer sums it up well. God, grant me the serenity to accept things I cannot change, the courage to change things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So so as much as it may pain you to hear it, you are not the centre of the universe. And even your ability to control yourself has limitations. In verses 15 to 17, God reorientates Elijah. Rather than disengaging from the world around him, God reorientates Elijah to re-engage in life. There is more important things going on here, Elijah, than just what is happening. It's so easy when we focus just on us. 
that our problems, challenges, um, the, the problems and the challenges that we face, that it becomes the sole focus. And we can get things out of perspective. Just like Elijah, we can cry, it's all about me, God. I'm the only one left. Our truth becomes the only truth. And sometimes that truth needs to be lovingly challenged. For those caring for people experiencing anxiety, depression or stress, then my guess is you've probably found at times you've walked around on eggshells, fearful of saying something or doing something that may upset or be viewed by the other as unhelpful. As a result, we can inadvertently reinforce the view of their fragility, of them being the centre of the universe. Elijah's view of the world became all-consuming, forgetting that, in fact, he was not alone. Earlier, in 1 Kings 18 verse 4, it records that Obadiah had protected 100 of Yahweh's prophets from execution. And God declares in chapter 19 verse 8 that 7,000 others beside Elijah will be preserved from death and apostasy. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. In moving back into balance, it's important to have a healthy perspective and remember that it is neither all about you nor does it all rely on you. And last, but not necessarily in this order, look for assistance, look to input into the lives of others. It's important to find others, to find someone or a few other people that you can journey with, that you can share some of the responsibilities with in life's journey. That can be a spouse, that's great. It can be a family member, a friend or two. It can be a work colleague who helps share some more of that workload for a while or someone that you intentionally develop, mentor, invest in for them to take on some few responsibility. For Elijah, it was deputising Elisha, his successor. Both were aware of the significance of this responsibility. Investing in the life of another is a great way to help keep things in perspective. Who do you invest? As mentioned in 1 Kings 19 verse 19, we read that for Elijah, it was Elisha. So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Uh, Elisha went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders, which was a sign of, hey, listen, I'm deputizing you, I'm taking you on as a mentee, I'm uh, inviting you to be like me. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about dust and being covered in the dust of the rabbi. This was kind of a similar sort of thing of being a follow-up of uh, a a prophet or another wise man or a teacher. And so um, Elijah went over and, uh, to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, first let me go and kiss my uh, father and mother goodbye and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, go on back, but think about what I have done to you. There is significant responsibility here. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood 
from the plough to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate as a form of witnessing what was happening. And then he went with Elijah as his assistant. So as we recap on this whole thing of responding to anxiety, depression and stress, remember that it is not a sin or wrong to feel anxious, depressed or stressed. But over time, if these things continue, if these feelings remain and that they're having a negative impact on your life and, um, and you can see the way it's impacting and for others around you, then make sure you get good rest. Eat a healthy diet. Take time to exercise regularly. Talk with someone about it, especially a medical professional, if these feelings go on for more than a few weeks. Don't just dump on family and take time to pray and engage in spiritual practices that have you run to God, not run from God. Work on keeping things in perspective. You're important, but it's not all about you. Connect with others, develop and invest in the lives of others. So how do we respond today? What are we sensing God's been saying to us? Well, we're going to have a response time and as I mentioned earlier, we're going to have an opportunity to music playing in the background and we can respond to the things that God might be saying to us. But a couple of things to encourage us to think about. What encouragement do you find in the story of Elijah? As we've looked at Elijah's life, um, he was at the top of his game, he came crashing down, experienced anxiety, depression and stress. And then God took him on this journey of helping him to get back into the game. What encouragement do you find in the story of Elijah? And then secondly, to reflect on how might you prayerfully respond. There's going to be some music played. After the music's played, then the, uh, the team are going to come and lead us in our final song of worship. During that time, we're going to collect our offering as well. Um, and so thanks for the helpers for helping out collect the offering. Also, we'll collect those pencils and those response cards as well. God bless you. Let's take some time.